Hello, and welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. I'm Pastor Joshua Curtinbach, and today is Palm Sunday. Our epistle lesson this morning comes from Philippians chapter 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, we celebrate Palm Sunday, the day when our Lord Jesus Christ, on the way to give his life as an offering to make atonement for our sins, entered triumphantly into Jerusalem. After we entered into the church with palm branches in our hands and singing praises to our King who comes in the name of the Lord, we observed a time of silence to show the stark difference between how our Lord was received when he first came to Jerusalem and what he came to do, that is, give his life as a ransom for many. And our epistle lesson this day comes from Philippians and really highlights this for us as well, for it speaks very clearly of our Lord's two states in his incarnation, the state of humiliation and the state of exaltation. And this is what we will focus on this morning following our epistle. But before we go too far, we must make a clarification. For there is a wrong way to read this text. And there are, unfortunately, a great many false teachers who have been spreading the wrong idea about it, and thus spreading a false Christ, a Christ who cannot save. The question is, in verses 6 and 7 in our text, is St. Paul speaking of the Word made flesh, or the Word without flesh, that is, the Son before the Incarnation? Here's what the text says. Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Now the false teachers will say that Paul is speaking of the Word, the Son, as he was before the Incarnation. They say that the Son, being in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, and so made himself nothing by taking on the form of a servant. That is, they say, the Son emptied himself of all or some of his divine attributes. They say when the Word became flesh, he emptied himself of his divine power, and so was a normal human being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, what Jesus did, he did as a man, and you likewise can do the same thing if you have the Holy Spirit. This, brothers and sisters in Christ, is not the truth. It is not what the verse is saying. For the Son of God is God, and God does not change. In Malachi 3, 6, the Lord says, I, the Lord, do not change. God is one, and his attributes are equivalent to his nature. That is something we mortals cannot fully grasp, as our attributes can change because they're not proper to us. That is, 
I can become more loving, I can become stronger, etc., etc. But I am still me if these things change. But not so with God, for God is love. He does not have love. God is almighty. He does not have almightiness. God is eternal, and so on and so on. And God, being God, cannot change. And so if the false teachers were right, that the Son emptied himself of some or all of his divine attributes when he became a man, that would mean that the Son of God ceased to be God. If the Word emptied himself of his divine attributes when he became man, he would no longer be God, because God does not change. Let me say this again. If the Son of God got rid of some of his attributes or divine power, he could not be God. If these verses are saying that the incarnation, that in the incarnation the Son was humbling himself and taking on the form of a servant by the incarnation, then he would no longer be God, and moreover, after his earthly life, he would no longer be a man. If this were the case, all Christianity would be a lie, and all would still be dead in their sins. And what a terrible thing this would be. But thanks be to God, this is not the case. When the Word became flesh, he remained God. St. John says in his Gospel of the Word made flesh, We have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And since God cannot change, as he himself says, when St. Paul writes, Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. He is speaking of the word made flesh, of Christ Jesus, the God-man, the one who is fully God and fully man in one person. Thus, all that Paul is describing for us here happens during the Incarnation. It is, all the it is all after the time that the Word had taken on flesh. Yes, when the Son took on flesh, he remained equal with God, because he was still God. The Son incarnate, Jesus, from his conception, that is, from the beginning of the Incarnation, was almighty, eternal, all-knowing, and all the rest. Yet, in the Incarnation, sorry, yes, in the Incarnation, we see that Jesus Christ, who was found in human form by all who saw him, seeing, yes, this is certainly a human being, was also in the form of God. That is, he had both a human and a divine nature. Indeed, in the Incarnation, all the attributes of the divine nature are communicated to the human nature because Jesus is one person. He is the God-man. We see this in his life. He's able to perform miracles. He walks on water. He disappears from the sight of those who are wanting to stone him, and he walks through them. And at his transfiguration, he displays his divine nature united to his human nature when he shows his disciples his glory. All things he could do only because of his divine nature. And so what Paul is describing here when he says, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Here he was speaking beautifully about Christ's state of humiliation. That is, 
Although in the incarnation, Christ Jesus was both in God's form and in human form, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant. That is, he did not use the fullness of his divine power. He did not use the fullness of his divine attributes. He always had them, but he did not make full use of them. This is the state of the humiliation, of humility. That is how he humbled himself, so that he, as the God-man, grew, learned. He learned from his blessed mother and his adopted father. He grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, St. Luke says in his gospel. This is a mystery, and one beyond all telling and all understanding. This is the form of the servant, that having a fully divine and fully human nature, he does not make full use of his divine nature at all times. And why did he do that? In order to redeem us. Everything he did, he did as the God-man, because that is who he is, Yet everything he did, he did as in the form of a slave, not using the fullness of his divinity. He did everything as the God-man, so that everything he did, he did as a man, with the weight of his divinity attached. He was obedient to the law, which he himself gave on Mount Sinai, as the God-man, Jesus Christ. He suffered at the hands of his own people and the Romans as the God-man, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross, giving his life as an offering for sin, as the God-man, Jesus Christ. This, as St. Peter says, is what angels long to look into, that Christ Jesus did all of this as our substitute. This redemption is beyond us, beyond our ability to fully comprehend that he humbled himself, humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, even death on a cross, not just to speak of the shame of it, for surely it was shameful. It was the way in which the Romans put their slaves to death. But it is even more. In dying on the cross, he died on a tree. And the scriptures say, if a man has committed a crime, punishable by death, and he's put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him the same day. For a hanged man is cursed by God. The God-man died, and not only did he die, he died hanging on a tree, and so became accursed by God. Yes, he became accursed for us accursed ones. He, on the cross, became sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Yes, indeed, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law which is on all who do not fulfill it by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Every, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith, as St. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3. Jesus emptied himself upon the cross, pouring out his life as an offering for sin that we might have our sins forgiven by faith in him and be filled by the Holy Spirit and all the blessings and gifts which he has won for us by his death. And Christ did not remain in the state of humiliation. As St. Paul continues, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus 
every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yes, after his death, his death on the cross, he no longer remained in the state of humiliation, but entered into the state of exaltation. This begins with his descent into hell, where he proclaimed his victory over sin, death, and the devil, and he took from Satan the power of death. There Christ triumphed over his enemies and made a spectacle of them. Then on the third day he rose victoriously and gloriously from the dead. And note, dear saints of God, who have been washed in the waters of holy baptism and who by faith are united to Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ still has a body. He is still the God-man in his state of exaltation. Yes, he is still the God-man and will remain so forever. He still has in his hands and his feet and his sides the scars of his passion. But now they are glorious, for they show us that he has overcome death. He was dead, but now he lives forevermore, never to die again. And this is the promise that he makes to all who trust in him and cling to him alone for salvation by faith, that on the last day he will raise up to eternal life all who trust in him, never to die again. Yes, the Father has bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, because of what he has done in the state of humiliation. And now he lives forevermore in the state of exaltation, always existing in the fullness of his divinity, so that he is present with us even now. For where two or three are gathered in his name, he is present. He hears our prayers, he knows us, and he loves us, and he cares for us. He gives even to us Christians his body and blood to eat and drink for the forgiveness of sins, something he can only do because he is the God-man, using the fullness of his divine attributes given and communicated to his human nature through the union of his person. And there will come a time when he comes again on the last day, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yes, then all in heaven, the angels, all on earth, all human beings who have been raised again from the dead, and all under the earth, the demons, will bow the knee in submission to Jesus, recognizing him as Lord. So too the angels, humans, and demons will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Those who believe in Jesus, who trust in him with repentant faith for the forgiveness of sins, will bow and confess with joy and bliss, along with the holy angels who ever sing his praise. While those who do not believe, who have rejected him, will bow cringing before him in fear and dread, and confess that he is Lord because they cannot deny it any longer, along with the demons who will finally be put under our Lord's feet forever. Such a great gift of God, that his Son became a human, taking on flesh, being both God and man in one person. He humbled himself and took on the form of a servant, living, suffering, and dying, not using the fullness of his divinity, so that he became obedient to death, even death on a cross, that he might voluntarily for our sakes become accursed 
in order to redeem us who lay under the law's curse because we cannot fulfill it. Yes, he has redeemed you, brothers and sisters, and by faith he has joined you, he has joined you to himself. And so, if he who is fully divine and fully man humbled himself in such a way, let us, by the working of the Holy Spirit, have the same mind among ourselves, serving one another in love and humility, knowing that we did not save ourselves, but our Lord has saved us who were helpless to do it. And in this humility, let us love one another, because God is love and he has loved us, so that by our love and humble service, the Lord would be pleased to work through us by his Holy Spirit to bring more and more into saving faith and to trust in our Lord as we share the message of salvation and all that he has done for us in word and in deed. May God grant this to all of us by his Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may the peace of God surpass us all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.